You are now tuned in to the Chronicles Podcast, hosted by the homie, Cuzzo. You busy. We back. What's happening, baby? What's up, man? You know, chilling. Eating my shit. I'm eating your shit, man. I'm eating your Oreos. That's all right. This is the first time we've had a guest officially since Ken Dog, man. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about this. Oh, yeah? Yeah. We got my boy Eddie in here. What's our boy is? Eddie. Let's say our boy our Eddie. Boy Eddie. Yeah. Style style. Yeah. Woo. We in here. What do you want to yeah. go by? Eddie? It don't matter. Yeah, that's cool. Right. Eddie, e. Fast Eddie. Fat fast Eddie. Eddie, e. Eddie B, baby. Eddie, Eddie B. B. Eddie, Eddie B. <laughs> <laughs> that's my street name. <laughs> that's what's up, man. So how you been, man? I've been good. I've yeah. Been good. Yeah. That's what's up. So look, it's fight week, right? Oh yeah. You're here. I like that you're here because you used to box. You That's haven't right. boxed recently. How long has it been since you boxed last? I think it's been about seven years since I fought. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Now I mean I've been involved like Alaska level, mm-hmm. you know. Right. <clears throat> helping guys out, you know, for fights and things like that. I'll go in there and do a little sparring, a mm-hmm. little training, but Nothing, nothing major. Are you yeah. still with the, uh, what's his name? Choi. Daniel Choi. Yeah, Daniel yeah. Choi. <clears throat> yep. Still, is this crazy Korean dude. <laughs> <laughs> with a fucking 18-pack. Yeah, but oh, yeah. Uh, but always in different places. Is he still in the same place? He's in Fireweed still. Okay. He's okay. a, I think from the last time you might have seen, he's on the other side. He's not the coot side anymore. Right, right. I know he moved. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, he he's right there. He's over him. near a Fireweed Cleaner side. Now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep, in a basement again. Yeah, in a basement. <laughs> a hot-ass basement. I was about to say, is it hot in there? It's a sweatshop, man. Oh, man. Shouts to Daniel Choi, though, man. He always calls me Charles, man. He calls me Charles. Because he said I look like, well, he says I look like Charles Barkley. So he always calls me Charles in the gym. He's like, Charles, Charles, you got to hit the back harder, Charles. Harder more. Yeah. <laughs> Goddamn shame. You know, I don't know. I've been working where I worked at. Another brother come in. Oh! <laughs> All of a sudden, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't no motherfucking so and so. Oh, man. So, since it's fight week, I wanted to get a fighter's perspective. Who's, wait, wait, who's fighting? Fury and Wilder is Saturday. Why is it a week? Why is it fight week? Fight week is because they're in Vegas. They arrived in Vegas. Today's Thursday. They arrived in Vegas Tuesday, I think. It sounds about right. So, so fight week is everything, the press conference, and the weigh-ins Friday, everything that leads up to I a fight. I wish you had told It's me. hype week. Yeah. yeah. They I built that you, shit up. I wish you had told me exactly. We didn't need Eddie for no damn fury and uh, 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 motherfucking <laughs> yeah. what's his name. Yeah, we said we was doing this last week. Oh, man. I'm yeah. sorry, Eddie, man. Oh, it's all good, man. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Not that we don't, I don't yeah. want you here, is it? I thought it was somebody. Uh, well, okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Let's start with it. See, you're not excited. For, I'm excited well, for Fury Wilder. Let's get your opinion. Uh, you break it down. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, We're going to break it down first. Or I wanted to ask Eddie some fighter perspective okay, questions. Ask, okay. Ask him, ask him. Okay. So, <laughs> before we even get to Fury and Wilder, I was going to ask you stuff since you, you know, since you fought. So... What was your longest training camp that you did for like a fight? About two, two months. Eight weeks is pretty standard. Mm-hmm. But you're coming into that two months at already pretty good shape. You know, you're mm-hmm. staying active. What you're, if you're not in shape? 
Oh, if you're not in shape, I mean, you that's probably a, a gradual six-month mm-hmm. you know, process. Yeah. Do you think it's Depending six months? Depending on your weight as well. Yeah. Do you think it's six months if... Do you think it's six months of eating right months. first and to, to get the weight where it should be and then do the training? Or do you think it's six months of the training too? It's, I guess it all kind of goes together, especially from from what I used to do. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, if I was planning on fighting, let's say, I was like, all right, I want to I wanna have a fight. I'll put it out six months from now because I've been on the couch for, for a year <laughs> right. or six months. I've been mm-hmm. sitting around eating Oreos. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that got me one right now. So, you know, I'll start out and, okay, I'll go run. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'll just start running maybe a couple times a week, mm-hmm. maybe doing a little light boxing workouts, you know, just mm-hmm. just the basics. Right. Just to kind of build yourself a foundation. And then, you know, you start incorporating the diet because when you start exercising, weight's just going to naturally fall mm-hmm. off anyway. Right. So I normally save the diet for the last, for, you know, for that two months of training camp. Mm. And, uh, but I mean, you want to come in at training camp. You don't want to be, have to cut, you know, 40 pounds or something like that. Mm. But if you got at least 20 pounds in a training camp, that's nothing. Damn. Mm. In six months, that's a, well. You know, for, in a two month period, right. 20 pounds in two months, that's nothing. Cause 10 of that's going to be water weight. That's going right. to be sitting in a sauna sweating it out but mm. just to say you're not so far out of shape i mean you're not like a hundred pounds from yeah okay, mm. okay i got you how did you decide what weight <clears throat> you were gonna fight at i mean it, certain people have i guess everybody's got a different opinion about it mm. but you kind of take where you are walking around at an in shape level but you know you're you're not dieting or anything like that you're just mm. working out you kind of take that and you're like okay I'll go down about 20 pounds from here. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's a comfortable, doable weight. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there's guys that used to cut 40 pounds, things like that. You know, Shit. they used to fluctuate. Mm-hmm. You but, know? Are, but like they do in the majors, in, in the um, regular boxing, does that fuck with your your your, your uh, power or stamina? or I Yeah, mean, to, to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. I mean, because some people really deprive themselves. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. And so once you get there, aren't you like... Cause once they get on the scale, and then after the scale, they gain 15 pounds yeah, <laughs> in I mean, a few hours. Yeah, and there's a proper way to do it as well. Oh, okay. Um, and I think <clears throat> some people try to, you know, starve themselves for like a week before the fight. Mm-hmm. But I, I always used to like to do kind of like a three-day crash diet. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> because if you drag it out too long, You'd then... you You'd yeah, be, exactly. Yeah. You just deprive yourself mm-hmm. of everything. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be lethargic come fight night. Mm-hmm. And then people try to overeat after they that weigh in. That makes you more lethargic. Yeah, you more exactly. Yeah. I mean, you're just like comatose in the body, you know? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I had another question. You got, you, nah, go ahead. The, what we were talking about a few fights back, so it, it was my opinion. I'll get into that, like you asked me. But say, say... You lost. Let's say you had a rematch. Uh-huh. Say you lost, but you had a rematch, like uh, this this fight coming up. Uh-huh. Or like, um, what was the other rematch with the, um, the dude from the UK? Oh, uh, Joshua? Yeah. Oh, so, oh, okay. So you watch the tapes. Can, if you wanted to add something to yourself to, to say, well, this is what I need to beat this guy, mm-hmm. could you add it to your training and then effectively use it? In that in that time, maybe six months, or would you need more than six months to? No, or I, can you? I think definitely. I mean, you, 
a, a two-month training camp or even whether it's six months, it, it doesn't really matter. Uh, a, a fighter at that level, when mm-hmm. you're at a championship level, mm-hmm. I mean, you should have the ability to make adjustments. Mm-hmm. And you... That's the one thing, like, with Wilder. Mm-hmm. I mean, he did the same shit for 12 rounds, mm-hmm. and he wasn't effective against Fury. Mm-hmm. I mean, besides the two See, knockdowns, yeah. you know? Yeah. Besides the two knockdowns. Fury outboxed him. But, he, really but he's shit. stronger, though, so he's gonna, if he gets that exactly. shot, he's going to knock That's yeah. what's carried him. You know, mm-hmm. he has natural, just athletic ability and power. Mm-hmm. That's what carries him, to, you know, to this right. level. Right. So, but a, a good skilled boxer, I mean, you should be able to watch tape incorporate something into your uh you know into your arsenal mm-hmm. like okay this is what he does this is what i want to do you know and mm-hmm. you find a few little things that um that your opponent is doing you know a few flaws in his game and yeah you work on that and that's all you do you spar you know most guys spar three times a week during mm-hmm. the training camp mm-hmm. you know two to three times a week like an older boxer you know they, they kind of back off a little bit because it's a little too much damage on their bodies but, um, yeah, I mean, that's something a skilled fighter should be able to do. So, is it, <clears throat> do you think it's up to the <clears throat> fighter or up to the trainer, whomever is watching the tapes to do it, or is it a collaboration of It's both? a collaboration, okay, 100%. Because, you know, as a fighter, I guess you go in there, you know what you have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you go into the gym, but you also need that trainer on your ass giving you that reminder. Mm-hmm. You know, you're getting tired. You might be getting a little mentally lazy and not being like, okay, this is what I got to do. This what you know, whether it was the simple thing of like, I got to move to the left like three inches after I jab mm-hmm. or whatever. Right. Or I got to keep this right hand up just a little bit more. You know, you start to get tired. You start to get a little lazy. <laughs> you need that yeah. trainer in your ear. Yeah. Hey, get your fucking hand <laughs> up. But also, what I was saying also, because that's good too. I believe that too. But also to watch the tapes. Even and try to see what you don't see and come back mm-hmm. to you and say, hey, man, look, I know you want to do this, but we need to do this. So should the trainer. So <clears throat> what I'm saying is because I think I kind of blamed it on the trainer when like the Mike Tyson. So I didn't really realize Mike Tyson wasn't a boxer until um, was in my opinion that until he got beat by Buster Douglas. Mm-hmm. So seeing that if, as a trainer, would, would you think your trainer was say, hey, man, look, check this out. We need to be doing this. In order for you to stay here or to go forward, you think that's mm-hmm. a part of the trainers? A hundred percent. Okay, so mm-hmm. but then I guess the boxer could be hard headed, be like, "Nah, man, fuck that shit. I don't need." Yeah, it it goes both ways because, mm-hmm. I mean, you do have a lot of fighters out there that are uncoach uncoachable. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they they get to a championship type level. <laughs> they get that. They think <laughs> they the winners. They, uh, yeah, they I think do this. the shit. You yeah. know, and they're like, "I don't need a trainer." Yeah, you know, and like I. Adrian Broner is like a oh my God. hard-headed. <laughs> yeah. Just. He switched now, what was it, tw- twice or three times yeah, now? Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. You bounce around from trainer to the trainer. Because mm-hmm. you ain't really coachable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I, I think sometimes, though, it has to do with the trust, though, with your trainer as well. Yeah. You got to be able to really believe in them and be like, man, this guy knows more than me. Mm-hmm. This guy knows his shit, or at least see something that I may yeah. not be able to see. Exactly, yeah. you got to be able to trust. And if I them. lost, damn it, I'm trying to win. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So let me, let me. I, if 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 I were a boxer and the trainer came to me or anybody came to me, I'd probably sit down with them and say, "Hey, let me see if I can see what this person is seeing, and have them go over with me." Say, "Hey, man, this is why I feel that this and that you shouldn't be doing this. This, if you could do this, this and this, you might." 
be able to count, you know, just yeah. go through. I'm sure they do that, but that's right. what I'm saying. At, what, my my take was on it was I was disappointed with, uh, what's his name? Wilder. Wilder, because I thought Wilder was of the class of championship class. And what I'm saying, <laughs> well, well if, if, because I go, if you go back to the former champions, if you go back to a champion like, uh, 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 I mean, I don't want to go too far back, but if you really bowl, or if you go mm-hmm. back to Vander Holyfield, if you go back to, well, not really Mike Tyson, because he's right. sign the same. Um, any older heavyweight true champion, he steps up. So mm-hmm. what I'm saying is it, when when Wilder got in there with Fury, I thought he was going to take him out. I, I didn't think that Fury could do anything mm-hmm. that would frustrate Wilder, you know, that in that way to to not take but his that ass was, was the that, fuck but that, out. That was your first time seeing Fury, though, right? No, I seen Fury when mm-hmm. he fought, uh, what's his name? Didn't he fight? Uh, he when fought, he fought Klitschko? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fury? No, yeah. you're talking about Wilder. No. Fury fought yeah. Klitschko too? Yeah. Yep. Oh, he did? I mean, maybe I didn't mm-hmm. see that. I thought, I, I, but I did see him fight before. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I didn't think he can really box either, but he has something that carries him also. Yeah, he's he's got an awkward style. Yeah. But he he is skilled. He might not look, you know, he don't got the glamour muscles like Joshua. Right. You know, he he might not be the hardest hitter. Mm-hmm. Um. But the man does have skills, right? And I and I just, I noticed for that. a motherfucker six nine. Yeah, and he's graceful. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's got speed. He's mm-hmm. he's got natural athletic ability. Well, at least to plus get to where he is, plus he has to have. He's that. smart. Mm-hmm. That that's I think one of Fury's. I've only watched the man fight a few times, mm-hmm. but his ring IQ. Yeah, I mean it's it's up there. He's mm-hmm. he's an intelligent fighter, mm-hmm. and all that. It's not that pretty. But all that fainting, irky jerky shit. <laughs> it throws them off. All the crackhead twitches. Yeah. I mean, he controls the pace by doing that. Mm-hmm. Like because when I, he's got the guy kind of frozen trying yeah. to figure out what he's doing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's what I always used to do mm-hmm. when I'd be fighting, especially when I'm out of shape and stuff. <laughs> and I go to the gym, you know, and I'm like, man, I can't go six rounds. Uh, but I'll sit here and I'll faint and I'll do stupid shit mm-hmm. and I'll sit there and I'll just... Keep moving, little mm-hmm. little jerks, things mm-hmm. like that, and it keeps it throws them off their game. You can control a fight from start to finish off of just using and that's what he does. and little movement, and that's what he does. In your in your experience, how much energy is that taken when you do that? His is a little tighter, and you know, like mm-hmm. I said, it's a little more crackhead like mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. I, I would personally like to see. Mm-hmm. But you know, there's it works. Mm-hmm. And so he, he's not physically. Tired at the end, you know. No, I, I think yeah. his mouth well, isn't open. I, I think he's uh, well conditioned. Yeah, yeah, he has to be. I mean, I'm not taking no. Like I said, I, when I say heavyweight, when I say champion class, I mean once you get in the ring, you you have the training, you have the stamina. You may have to throw that plan out the window yeah. because this dude ain't doing what he was doing when we saw him in the tape. So right. I expected Wilder to handle his business. I, you know, of course he's gonna. You know, yeah. If, yeah. If, if he don't think if he hit him, oh, he can't hurt me. Okay, now I can now I can do this to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I expect Wilder to do that because all the shit he be talking basically. Yeah. So I want to see, I want to see him get in his ass. I look at Wilder when I see Wilder fight. You know, it's like, it's like gambling when what he's doing. It's like gambling because he's waiting for that shot every fight. And like the last fight with Wilder. You know, even with Ortiz, he's willing to lose rounds 
to wait on that shot, even in that Ortiz rematch. Yep. And it's like, well, how long are you going to gamble well, like that? Well, because he doesn't you... have any setup. He, I mean, he's not doing the body. He's exactly. Doing... His, he lacks the setup. Right. You know, and that's what a, a, a true top-level fighter That's what I'm do. saying. They mm-hmm. can set up their power mm-hmm. shots. Yeah. You know, and even just making the simple adjustment of throwing that right hand straight instead of looping it, like mm-hmm. he was doing all fight long, and then mm-hmm. yeah, finally he put him down in the, you know, in the twelfth with the straight, yeah, with the straight right. But <clears throat> yeah, the man just keeps doing the same thing over and over. But th- that's that's his lack of experience to me. Mm-hmm. You know, what what age did he start fighting? Uh, was it like twenties? It was like late twenties. Was it was it mid to late twenties? But that's what I that's what I was getting mad at the trainer because the trainer who, Fury, who trains a person who wants to be a championship fighter should tell the fighter, hey man. And it's a little bit of both. I'm sure mm-hmm. they do have those conversations. Mm-hmm. But you know when well one, he's used to fighting one way. He's mm-hmm. been successful. Right? Yeah. You know, he's had what forty fights. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you got 40 fights and you just go in there and you throw haymakers and it works. <laughs> it and, is, yeah. and you're like, well, shit. Yeah. I'm going to catch him too. I got 12 rounds again. Yeah, it's kind of like that Mike Tyson mentality. Yeah. You know? yeah. like, but Mike Tyson, but, but, but Mike Tyson's like a hybrid. He couldn't box, but he had the system. And he, he had the system to where he, he, he is very too. He is very skilled. Yeah. Tyson was a very skilled fighter. He couldn't box, but he had the system. He, I mean, if the system worked within the first couple of rounds, he had to go. He didn't have to actually box the dude down because some that system didn't work. That one, that whatever he is, Bob, being bam, he you get caught with. But, but Tyson, yeah. in a sense, though, Tyson knew his punch placement. Well, he but that's, he but knew if I hit this motherfucker here, he it's going to hurt. He was strong, but that was the punch that cuss, mm-hmm. I believe that was the system because the model was his name taught him. Mm-hmm. Yep. So when he screamed the numbers, he already, if he go, he, he go in, he do it. If he didn't get it, he right. hit him, he get close. Then he'll get back up and set back out. Right. And then he'll wait for the whatever. Then he'll do the set. It is, I guess it was mm-hmm. different. I mean, different. He had a, yeah, he had a style. I think he got more in his later career, he got more into that. Deontay Wilder, like, <laughs> I, I'm going to land something eventually, mm-hmm. and let's just hope it lands clean, and I'm going to put your ass out. Yeah. In the beginning of his career, Tyson showed a lot of skills and ability and setting things up. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, But after after Don King came, and this, this is my opinion mm-hmm. of, like, the downfall of Tyson. We're right. We're getting off, off subject, but... Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, after Don King came in, they got rid of Rooney... Who was uh, under the Customato? Right. Um, you know, uh, I guess training umbrella. Mm-hmm. So they got rid of him. Don was like, "Hey, we got our own trainers. This mm-hmm. is, you know, this is how it's going to do." And they couldn't control him. And Tyson wasn't. He wasn't in. You can watch his fights. You know, he he, he wasn't in shape. He stopped throwing punches in combos. Yeah. He, you know, he was throwing two punches at a time instead of four. Yeah. And it, those little tiny things that you get away from. I mean, especially at that level, mm-hmm. it, it it it's it's huge. It, it takes you out. Yeah. Um, yeah, just it's it's the tiniest things in boxing when you're at the at that highest level. Okay. So. Um, and when you start throwing only two punches at a time, and I think a lot of that goes back to like the the lack of training. He knows like, hey, I gotta kind of pace myself. Mm-hmm. His footwork, the angles. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't come in, bam, bam, pivot, bam, bam. No, mm-hmm. it was just come in straight. 
throw the big two heavy shots, top clinch, rest, get back, you know. And yeah. so, like, you're just dragging this process out and just giving your opponents opportunity to, mm. to counter you and to well, capitalize. Especially if you're fighting uh, um, Evander Holyfield or um, the other dude from the U.K., um, uh, oh, Lewis. Yeah, Lennox yeah. Lewis. Yeah. You know, if you find a dude like that, can they can take a blow? In like mm. you watch in the uh, in the second fight with Holyfield when he came in and he was thrown, you know, before he fucking bit his ear out. <laughs> <laughs> you 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 watch those right before all that happened. Right, he was throwing four punches at a time. Yeah, I mean, he was overwhelming Holyfield. Mm-hmm. He was he was winning those moments. Mm-hmm. Mm. And that's what he used to do for fucking 10, 12 rounds. Yeah. That's how he used to win fights. Mm-hmm. And he, he got away from that. Do and you think it discouraged him in that fight, though? Like I was saying, you know, Deontay's used to hitting people and they fall down. I think a lot of what happened in that fight, too, is Tyson was hitting Holyfield. And Holyfield has a great chin. He does. So yeah, it's like, I, I wonder if mentally that takes something if you hit somebody and you knock them down I like think, when Fury got up. Because, I mean, like, even when I when I first started boxing, um, I had one thing that was, that power was one of my natural, mm-hmm. natural abilities. And I think I, my first four fights, I went like 4-0 with four knockouts. And even in sparring and all that shit, mm-hmm. I was always putting people down. Mm-hmm. And for a lightweight, I could hit hard. But when you're confident in your abilities and you know what you can do, because as my talent progressed, or as I, my opponents progressed, mm-hmm. you know, I started working my way up to mm-hmm. guys with more experience, mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. skills, tougher guys. You know, and I get in there with them, and I'm like, man, this motherfucker won't go down. <laughs> yeah. You give uh, that little bing bing, and he's like, you know, oh, shit, he's still you, up. you feel those knuckles go through the gloves, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you're like, man, that hit hard. Mm-hmm. That shit was clean, and that he's still standing up in front of you, but you're like, you know what? He can't take too much more. Mm-hmm. I just keep going. Mm-hmm. He can't take too much more. Yeah, and like, let me try to hit com- the body. You're just confident in yeah. your ability. So I think when you're at that level, and you're a guy like Wilder or Tyson, um, you really believe in yourself. Yeah. Those guys do. And they believe in their power, and they, they've... They've had so much experience and fought so many people, and they know, hey, it might it might take twelve rounds, it might take one, mm-hmm. but I know if I just keep keep chipping away, I want to break this man down. Mm-hmm. So, okay, I don't know. It's just so weird in this instance because it's like Wilder, he doesn't go to the body, so it's like he's just literally looking for that shot. He'll put a jab out there, but. And, when, and a lot of times it's lazy, though. Yeah, when yeah I, when it's a lazy job. And you made, made me think of a point. When I say a person is not a boxer, I don't mean that they can't. They don't have the technique. Mm-hmm. I mean the mental of a boxer. So when I think of a boxer, I think of a person who, no matter what level they're in, when they get in the ring and something's not working, they change it. Right. They say, well, let me, you know, like you right. said, ring generalship with Fury. He's smart. So if, yeah. you, if I'm boxing somebody and you hit that motherfucker, you bang mm-hmm. his clean, you're like, okay, he ain't go. All right. What else do I need to do right. to get this dude to go? So do I go to the body? Do I feign him? Do I hit him on the other side? Maybe he can't take it on this side. So let mm. me try to get him on this side. You know, it's, let me switch it to southpaw. Whatever you fight, let me try something. Let me run around or do some. Let me yeah. imitate him. Let me yeah. do, let me do some Tyson Fury to him. Let me hurt it. Yeah. Let me yeah. do some herky jerky to him. 
and just to see, you know what I'm saying, not be so risky and get yourself knocked out. Right. But just to see what you what you can do as and then listen to your trainer and say, Man, what's going on? What do you see? You know what I'm saying? So because you see seeing things from the outside too mm-hmm. that you might not be able to do as a boxer in the ring. So that's what I mean by a boxer. You're trying to win. So like he was saying, win by any means necessary. Right. You know what I'm saying? If you have to go to twelve rounds, if you can slip it and, and knock this motherfucker out, if you can, you know, do it, lean on him a little bit, yeah. <laughs> do something a little dirty to him, make yeah. it his head. I mean, you're trying to win the fight. I mean, Wilder's got his, his work cut out for him. Yeah. Because cause yeah. Ty- Tyson can come in, Tyson Fury can come into this fight, and basically he can do the same shit he did in the first one. <laughs> and that's and outpoint him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, he took his best shot, he got up, he won that fucking that that round, you know, he yeah, he came back, back. At, at the end of the round. Yeah. yeah, ended up, you know, I mean, obviously on points and a, a, a judging level, he he didn't win the round, but you know, he came back and he took control of that round, right, of that final round, and that says a lot about his character. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't know, I kind of like that shit. Yeah, <laughs> you get yeah. off your ass and you yeah. take a punch like that, and you come back and you steal the round. You yeah, know, you take control. I mean, that says a lot about a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, Fury kind of kind of won me over with that, you know. Yeah. And like, I I'd love to see uh, Wilder win, um, because you know first American heavyweight in a long time. Yeah, that's and true. And I, I I would like to you know heavyweight boxing to make a comeback. Yeah. And I think it I think it it has a little bit. I but mean, these past who, couple of fights. Who who could carry it? I mean, we'll mm. see. This is the. I mean, I'm if, not talking nothing bad about him, but this is the height of heavyweight boxing. Yep. Fury and Wilder. I know. Come on, man. But well, I Joshua's mean, big in the UK. Though. Yeah, but he he's is. not. Yeah. As far as I guess hype and um, you know the from fans and things like that. I mean, yeah, but those get Fury and Joshua. They're huge in Europe. I think mm-hmm. after this this past fight with uh, with Wilder and in Fury. Um, it's it's gotten him a lot of a lot of fanfare yeah. here in the U.S. You know he's created a lot of attraction towards himself. Um, so if if Wilder can come to this fight and actually really box, make adjustments, really start using you know some actual skills mm. instead of just relying on a couple big punches, I mean, you know it could be a turning point. You know, yeah. and he could take over the heavyweight division, go over there, fight Joshua, kick his ass. Cause that guy don't have a chin. Yeah. See, he. he I, I think I'm seeing. He's saying some of the things I was saying. I mean, yeah. he didn't. Look, I think Joshua's a pump. And he didn't. Look, <laughs> whatever, whatever he, he changed to beat Ruiz, that was his name. Yeah, yeah. Ruiz. He didn't. Ruiz. He didn't look comfortable doing it. And it Ruiz, wasn't smooth. Yeah. You know, they. I guess as far from Joshua's, uh, you know, from from his team. I mean, they had a great game plan of immediately doing a rematch. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, absolutely. It's kind of like what they did to Roberto Duran, you know, mm-hmm. Sugar Ray. You know, mm-hmm. it was like, man, this guy's eating chimichangas. <laughs> yeah. Fucking. Yeah. And that's exactly what he was doing. Luis yeah. was out partying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He was celebrating. He was the champ of the world. Yeah. And just had his biggest payday, everything. Mm-hmm. He's celebrating. They're like, all right. This guy ain't training. He's Two, getting fat six as fuck. Months. Yeah. So like, Joshua, get your ass in the gym. Mm-hmm. Let this guy eat tacos. <laughs> yeah. And uh, let's go kick his ass. And it showed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He admitted to it. But I, like I said, Joshua didn't look too comfortable doing whatever to no. me he did. No. 
he looked out of place. He tried, and that helped him a little bit. But he did he show a little heart in that fight, you know. Yeah, he, he yeah, showed he did. A little, little more grit and stuff, but yeah, just watching Joshua, I don't know. He, yeah, I don't really like the guy. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I, um, I mean, I can understand what you're saying, but when he fought Glitchko. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he no, called him he, Glitzko. He, Glitzko. Glitzko. He came back. You know, he came back and he won that fight, so I got to give it to he him. He fought hard, though. That's, yeah. That impressed me because, how do you say his name? Klitzko. Klitz, With a K. With a K, yeah. Klitzko. Don't think yeah. pronounce it the wrong way. No, shit. it's not Glitzko. It's Klitzko. You know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> 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 and so when he fought that dude, because dude was pretty high, even though he was a little over the hill, not training, not focused on training. Well, it, it was even worse when he got the money. <laughs> it, it, it got worse when he got the money. You just it, gave it him was, a, you gave him a grocery yeah, check, right? Yeah, you gave him money to go party even harder. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So he's like, come on, man, you go got a rematch. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll be there. I'll be there in a minute. <laughs> come on, get him. What time I got to be there? 12? Man, yeah. I'll be there at 1.30, man. I'll be there at 1.30. All right. Yeah. said this time he's going for the knockout <laughs> he said he's been working on his power and he said he hurt he did hurt Wilder in the first fight he stunned but that's only because Wilder's in there trying to throw that punch he, he said he I was out of shape for the last fight so I'm, I've been working on my power he said my plan's to knock him out we'll see yeah I mean that's one thing there's you you can't really change those things too dramatically, you know? Right. Like, like more power? Yeah. It just has to be natural. Speed, you know, it's like, you know, you're a fast runner, you're not. Mm-hmm. You know, right. there's little things you can do. You can improve some milliseconds and shit like that. But, mm-hmm. I mean, you're already talking about an in-shape athlete mm-hmm. in their prime. Mm-hmm. So, take that guy. He can't get much stronger. Yeah. You know? Um, so, it powers something you have or you don't. Yeah. And Fury's just he's not a he's not a heavy puncher. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just not in his arsenal. Uh but he's got speed and he's yeah. got great timing. Mm-hmm. And timing's to me one of the most important things. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well he, I mean he can win I mean, I mean you know, there's guys like look, look at Mayweather, he he's not the hardest puncher. Yeah. 
Uh, but he's got phenomenal timing. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal timing. Yeah. And precision as well. Yeah. You know, and that, that's something that Fury has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think about, uh, since you... You know, since you fought and stuff before, what do you think about guys taking like performance enhancers and stuff like that? Man, some pussy ass shit. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, there's a lot of people out there doing. It. I mean, it's it's huge. It's it's something that isn't really you know talked about or uh-huh. obvious. You know, for those obvious reasons, but. There's a lot of professional athletes out there that are, you but know. But have they always done it, you think, or did it just kind of start it? Or no, I, people I, do? I, I think there's been, I mean, there's a lot, there's, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of clean fighters out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of guys in the game, especially even coming up, too. Like, yeah. a lot of younger guys, because they're like, well, if that guy's doing it, mm-hmm. if all my opponents are doing it, well, shit, I need that extra edge, too. Yeah. But do you think that a person can even that out if they just work out harder? Instead of taking enhancement? Or do the enhancement... Some no, people, I mean, some people enhancement just have so natural much. power. Well, no, what I'm saying is that so a person... Two fighters are evenly, I can't say evenly matched, but they're in the same weight class. Mm-hmm. One works mm-hmm. out, one, one one takes enhancements. Do you think that instead of taking enhancements, that the fighter who suspects the other fighter or suspects the whole class taking enhancements can work out more to it? I mean, I think, up? you know, most of these guys are working out the same. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. As far as like a... A training camp and your regiments and all that, they're all very similar. Mm -hmm. You know, you got strength and conditioning, X amount of days of the week. You know, you're doing two day workouts, Mm -hmm. whether it's morning runs, Mm -hmm. and then you go to your, you do your boxing workouts in the evening, Mm -hmm. or, you know, every other day you're mixing in your strength and conditioning and agility and things like that. So most of these training regiments are all very similar. But the guys using the, the roids, you know, mm-hmm. that that's helping them just basically take them to that next level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, they're able to recover quicker. They're able to just go a little bit harder to push themselves just a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You know, so it allows your body just to just to do that little bit extra. And so that's kind of how they improve. Mm-hmm. That's how they build on that. But... I mean, so th- there's a definite advantage. I mean, mm. uh, I think it's shown, too, with other fighters, Yeah. you know, that have been caught, you know, where they piss hot, mm. you know, for performance-enhancing drugs, mm-hmm. and then they go to fights where they're in... The, I mean, there's ways, obviously, there's ways to get this shit out of your system. They, right. they, have, they have their processes, mm-hmm. you know, where, where, where they dose through their training camps, and they know when to back off mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, but I think it's definitely shown you, you've seen fighters that are known to use in enhancement drugs and then they've gone into a fight where, you know, supposedly they haven't. And I think you can tell the difference. They do mm. look a little bit different well, or they're, they're, you know, they're not taking the punishment like they, right. they yeah. could. Well, then maybe they should start, you know, testing during training instead of testing before. So there is, the fight. there, mm. there is like a. There's like Mayweather he used to do the uh, USADA. Uh, yeah. And then in California they do uh Vada. Yep. Yeah. 
And so there is usually a test, and same like in the UFC and stuff, there is a test during training camp mm. and things like that. It's supposed to be random. Mm-hmm. Um, it should be mandatory. I mean, it should be, you know, every... Mm-hmm. And that's like what Floyd was trying to push, you know? I mean, yeah. Stricter uh, drug should, testing, well, you know, yeah, it's random, throughout the sport. No, not random. Look, mm-hmm. you're going to get tested. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't random. <laughs> you go, you go, we go. Tell, you want to make this money? You want to get paid this paper? We coming. Because a lot of people think you know that steroids is just still like a needle in the ass or whatever. You know, nowadays you have blood doping. You have uh, what's the other shit you call it? What it, what is it? Well, it's kind of the same thing, but you're cycling pretty much. Mm-hmm. So you're taking it, and then you it's a period where you don't take it. So it's like, it's not like you're just, you know, shooting shit in your ass and like, oh, okay, I'm good. Well, yeah, well, I mean, that's that's what Eddie was saying. Mm-hmm. And that's what kind of, I know, I know a little bit about it, very little, but that's why I was asking, you know, when the person says, okay, well, the other guy is doing it, but if the person who just wants to be clean can just say, well, um, I'll just work out a little harder or whatever, but if he does that, then I understand what Eddie's saying. If he does that, and he needs more time to recover, whereas this other person doesn't. Right. So, yep. No matter, you can't beat the person on the enhancement nationally because yeah. their recovery is quicker. Well, and, and both guys you can't are, work are out working. all day. Yeah. You gotta, right. You and that's the thing. It, both guys are working their ass mm-hmm. off. I mean, they're fucking killing themselves every day mm-hmm. in the gym. So the guy that's killing himself and using roids, he's got to eat some shit. I mean, yes. he, you know, he can, instead of going back in two days, you know. He could go back in a day and a half and start, or a couple, or a day, and mm. be like, "Ah, I'm ready to go." <laughs> this guy, he's like, "Damn, I don't mm. want to go. I'm tired, coach. Give me another more day." And yeah, like, this guy, he's already back in. You know. And genetics mm. plays a huge true, role in that true, stuff too. True, so, true. damn. Do you think? Uh, allegedly, we have to say allegedly, because <laughs> he never got caught or anything but so there was a time when Pacquiao was allegedly accused of taking steroids do you think honestly it's a possibility for a guy to move up fight eight weight classes and gain power I think well I uh I listened to an interview with Freddie Roach and Mm. uh, remember Ariza yeah Alex yeah Mm mm-hmm so that was his strength and conditioning coach. Mm-hmm. He said, Freddie, you know, Freddie's a pretty straight up dude. Yeah. Um, and I had the opportunity of training at I think Wild I know Card. what you're talking about. <laughs> and, and Freddie would even admit that there was, uh, there was dealings between Alex and Pacquiao that shit, they would not tell him. And about mm-hmm. special drinks. And different things mm-hmm. and different supplements they'd be giving them, <laughs> and they would never tell Freddie would be like, Well, what's what in that? Is he right, right, what, right, what's in that? And you know, Freddie straight up admitted, you know, like because they, they were asking him about it as well, yeah. And he was like, Yeah, and they wouldn't tell me, and mm-hmm. I was always, uh, you know, I don't know suspect. what's in it, but it was he's suspect, it. and yeah. they wouldn't tell me. Mm-hmm. So, what can I do? And then, I mean, then yeah, you look at how he just, uh, how he sucks now. I mean, well, <laughs> he, he, yeah. He, well, he, he did lump watch. up. Uh, he did lump up. Damn, Matisse, Lucas Matisse. Uh, yeah. Was that yeah. last year? Was that early last year? or The year before? 
When they, yeah, that was a couple years ago. Two years ago. Yeah, I think that was like two know. years ago. It's been a minute, but I mean, he lumped his ass up. I think that was the last one he got. Mm-hmm. But Matisse was kind of, I think, on the downfall as well. I, I got to train a little bit with Matisse. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah ni- nice guy. And At the that. wild card? Uh, no, when I went up to Oxnard. Oh. And I was at Sergio Martinez's gym. So, okay, okay. So this is another good thing. So you've went to, a lot of people don't know, Wild Card is Freddie Roach's gym mm-hmm. in yep. California. Home and of Manny Pacquiao. Yeah, where Pacquiao trains. A lot I of mean, fighters have trained at Wild Card. Tyson's trained there, De La Hoya, mm-hmm. you know, Miracan, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., Pauli Malnagy. Mm-hmm. Damn, you got yeah. a lot of people out there. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, you go, you can go far back. And I mean, there's just been champions after champions. When I was there... Amir Khan was getting ready for uh, a fight. Mm-hmm. Um, Pauli Malnagy was there uh, getting ready for a fight. Chavez Jr. was there. <laughs> and then you, you had a bunch of upcoming guys. Um, I remember like the my first spar match when I went in there, you know, because they don't really pay you any attention. Right, right. I'm just some fucking dude from Alaska. I imagine they're just in there doing their thing. They're like, I don't yeah, give a fuck about yeah. none of these motherfuckers. Well, and that's the thing, you know, because you, I just showed up. I was like, mm. right, I'm here to train. I want to, you know, show my skills. And if, like, I, okay, go if I get picked up, I get picked yeah. up. Now, when not. you walk in there, now, did you just happen to go down there? Were you down there for something? Or? No, so, I mean, I had, I guess, somewhat of a plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I called the gym. Just to make sure that, hey, come down there. If I wanted to train, mm-hmm. I train. Oh, yeah, this is what it is. It's like 50 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, oh, shit. That's, a that's cheaper. Than, yeah. <laughs> that's the cheapest gym member. I train I myself. Because <laughs> like, Mayweather's is like 75, I think. I think 75 a month. Yeah, I think yeah. He, yeah, something like that. And then if you want someone to work the pads and things like that, it's ridiculous. You know? Yeah. Um, But, so, yeah, I went down there. I sold my snow machine. I remember I sold it for four grand. And I ended up talking to Freddie's brother, Pep, mm-hmm. Pep Roach, and Pep's like, "Oh yeah, I got this." Uh, I was uh, like, oh, "Oh, by the way, I, I think it's rest in peace, Pep. Right? I think he passed away. Did he? I think so. Let me. He, yeah, might have. The guy lived I, a hard I, I life. I believe so. <laughs> I believe it was a couple years ago. But go that, ahead. That guy, he, uh, he took a liking to me. He took me in. So mm-hmm. I, I like that guy. He, he was a pretty cool dude. Uh, but when I called there, I was like, hey, is there somewhere cheap that I can rent? Mm-hmm. You know, and he was like, oh, yeah, when I get kicked out of the house, I go to this place down down over here. Mm-hmm. It's only like a mile away from the gym. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Man, it was fucking quarter of the size of this. <laughs> wow. I it mean, was it, a closet. It was a crackhead. <laughs> Drug infested, homeless. Fuck. Oh, it was rough, man. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I was the the lightest, whitest person <laughs> in the neighborhood. <laughs> wow. People were like, "Man, what the fuck? What where, is this? Where the fuck did yeah, you come from?" They were like, "This is the police." They're Don't mean to pause, y'all, but yeah, it was Peppy. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Damn. Yeah. Rest in peace to Pep. That was. Uh, let me find out because I remember seeing that. That's this too bad. fucking shit will come up. But yeah, man, I, I went down there. So I got all kind of set up. I walk in the gym. And of course, you know, you just kind of do your own thing. No one really pays attention to you. 
attention to you because you got fighters in there making millions of dollars. Mm. Oh, it was a while ago. It was 2009, it said. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't know how accurate that is because it just said huh? on that Google. But it said, yeah, 2009. So that was a while. He was 47. No, could, couldn't have been 2009. Let's see. Yeah, September 1. Because his real name was Joey Roach. 2009. That must have been... Shit, that must have been right after... Because I think I was there... I was there in 2009. That must have been like right after. Mm, mm. Huh. Yeah. I don't know if that's... But uh, but yeah, anyways, I, I remember the first guy they had me... I was like, hey, I want to get some work in. I want to spar. And they're like, uh. and there were some Armenians that like would show up to the gym. They trained somewhere else. <laughs> they trained somewhere else. But I guess this guy was like had a hundred and eighty something, you know, amateur fights. He was on the Olympic team and shit. And they were like, uh, he was four and zero as a pro. He was a little bit bigger. He was mm-hmm. like a he was a welterweight. He was one forty seven. I was gonna fight like at one thirty, one thirty five. So I went in there with him. And man, I got my ass whooped. Wow! <laughs> wow! I got my ass whooped. And, no uh, headgear, nothing. Just no, no. We we had headgear on. Oh, okay. We're using uh, sixteen ounce gloves. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I, you know, you didn't put me down or nothing like that. So, but, so what do you say? He, like, is there an agreement going in since you guys didn't really know each other? No, we we were going hard. I mean, we. But but do you guys do that agreement? Like, okay, we're gonna go in, or do are we gonna just do light? I mean, normally there's that kind of discussion if a guy wants to go light. But mm. when you're there at wild card, yeah, it, I everybody's mean, trying to prove it, more. It, it's serious yeah. business, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And everybody's going there to get some hard, hard work in. Right. Um, it's kind of an old school vibe gym, and. So yeah, man, that guy beat the brakes off of me. <laughs> <laughs> and so I remember I was like, all right, I'm at a whole nother level. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I'm at a whole nother level. And I so I, I started doing some other sparring and training. And about, I think, three or three weeks later, I got in there and I sparred him again. Mm-hmm. And I ended up putting the putting the work on him mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it was it was very competitive he was getting his shots in i was i had him up against the ropes you know i was beating his mm-hmm. ass working the body mm-hmm. and f- after that moment then they're like oh hey let, let's talk well, they're, so, so, they're, so they're watching and, but they're not yeah, watching yeah and exactly in mm-hmm. fact you know i could always see out of the corner of my eye fred be over there behind his desk you know, <laughs> yeah like, just looking yeah. like I, yeah you know and it Everybody in there is talented. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. So the second time you guys sparred, did you just feel like it was the fact of you were down there and you had a couple weeks to train there? Or do you think it was because stylistically you kind of figured him out a little bit? It's a little bit of both, but I mm-hmm. also knew from it, it was a wake-up call to me. Because, um, I mean, I knew I was walking into a gym with the best fighters in the world. Right. Um, but also... Uh, you know, I was I was a little cocky as well, um, and it's just like it, it was a humbling experience. It was something that I knew I was like, okay, I'm at a completely different level. I have to be a lot sharper, mm-hmm. you know. And it was just like you go back, you reflect, you realize the mistakes you've made, you realize the things you need to do, and 
that was like, <clears throat> you know, I, I never really try to rely on my power, especially going back to like the beginning of my boxing, I guess, mm-hmm. career where I would, you know, I'd do like the Deontay Wilder shit. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, I just knock motherfuckers out. <laughs> right, right. But then you, you know, you're like, okay, I can't do that. Not everybody's gonna go down. I got to develop skills, and so I always try to, you know, develop more of that boxing, you know, the the sweet science. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, I like had to take it to a whole nother level. You know, I thought I was doing it, but right. no, I, I wasn't. <laughs> yeah. You know. I quick question for me. I'm sorry to interrupt you. So, do you do you think the greatest fighters? You know, because it sounds like it's a constant fight with yourself as the more levels you pull up. The reason why, or the more successful you are, because you think you're doing what you're, what you're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. But then when you fight that one person, whomever it is, it, it may throw your shit all yeah. off. So I guess what I'm saying is you, if the best fighters work through that and then work with their, 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 their camp to get yep. to take them where they were, to the, where they go to, or in the ones who don't do that, don't get there. Yeah, they'll they'll fall off, man. Mm. I mean, because if you hadn't done that, most people probably there's probably a hundred guys who leave that gym at that point. They get their ass whooped. Like and fuck. Freddie, Freddie Roach is seeing the motherfucker. Yeah, like, yep. It's all like right, fuck. <laughs> it's too much. He yeah. gets no. his shit and he, he they go out the door. This was fun and go yeah. home and ice up. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah, man. A hundred percent. You have to be able to mentally. Be able to pick yourself up out of those slumps, you yeah, know? Mm-hmm. and be like, "All right, what am I gonna do different?" Mm-hmm. You know, instead of feeling sorry for yourself. And do you think some guys just don't have it after that point? Even if they pick themselves up, mm-hmm. do you think after that they just they get in that ring again with that dude? Some they get their ass whooped again. They get in the ring and they get their ass whooped. Yeah, again. and I, I've seen and then it. there's those people who just I've they seen, keep getting their ass whooped but keep it, staying in the gym. Exactly. <laughs> I, I've seen it a hundred times. You know, I. At all levels, too, you know. It doesn't matter if you're just some local fucking chump here in town or if you're down at wild card. You know, there's guys that just, for some reason, they don't have the the smarts mm-hmm. or that mental ability to be like, all right, I got to I gotta make these changes. Mm-hmm. These are the changes or that I, I have quit. to make. <laughs> or, yeah, I got to get out of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, there was a exact same situation, but here on a local level, mm-hmm. um, he won the state championships last year. Mm-hmm. He wanted to go pro. So Troy called me in the gym, said, all right, he's got his uh, pro debut. Mm-hmm. He wants to get some training in, whatever. And I'm like, all right, man, you might be fucking king dingling here in Alaska, but you're going to go down to Washington. And they right. They're going to fuck you up. You, you, got, you got the king of everybody's hometown there. Yeah. Coming there to fight. So you ain't shit. So get that through your head now. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so we got some serious work to do. And we got, and I had... I haven't sparred in a long time. I was out of shape. I got in there, and I mean, I whooped the dude's ass. And I was like, all right, if I'm whooping your ass, getting off the couch. <laughs> you mean you might? Yeah, have been- <laughs> yeah. yeah. You ain't. <laughs> you ain't. You ain't. Way And he's so, like, I just got off the couch, and I had lunch thirty I, minutes I, ago. I, I, I'm whooping your ass. Just put my sandwich down, man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So He's I was like, like Yo, Eddie, you need this bar. Come here. Hold on, let me finish this. <laughs> What's Show, up, man? Showing up buzz to spar, yeah. you know? All right, hold yeah. on, let me take let me get yeah. shit. He gonna splash yeah. water on his face. Where was shit at, man? So so I know I think I know Daniel a little bit. So when he when you were whooping this dude's ass, how many rounds did y'all do? We did 
four, and I he wanted to quit after one or two. So what did so what was I Daniel did, there? Yep. So what was Daniel saying? Like I could imagine because I've seen Daniel be like, uh, you know. yeah, no, <laughs> he was kind of torn a little bit. He wanted me to he wanted me to push him, right? Um, and then after I did, then he wanted me to kind of back off, and that's what I was already doing. You know, I don't want to completely mentally break him because right. he does have a fight coming up, so right. I I want to be able to build his confidence, mm-hmm. but I also want to give him a little reality check. So well, goddamn, well, wait, what? I mean that, that because he's going down there, he's representing. But that, that's Alaska, amazing though. How can, how does that happen? How, I mean, that's what I'm talking about. I usually try to explain on the show. How does that happen? How does how do you build somebody up that way? And then one person who's I'm saying I, I think you're a good boxer, and I had a question: Why do you want to go? Why you never went pro? But that you can ask that later. Yeah. But how does that happen? That a, a boxer gets to that point, meets that person, he hasn't even. <laughs> He hasn't even went anywhere yet. He gets his ass whooped. Well, what the fuck have you been doing? I think a lot of things could factor, though. I mean, it could be the competition that he's fighting locally, or I mean, a lot. Yeah, I mean, there's only there's some tough guys up here, Mm -hmm. but it's yeah, it's just a completely different level when you get out of state. Second, he just mentally didn't have it. I'm like, all right, these are things we got to work on, and we did this for fucking two months, a month straight. Mm -hmm. I I can't remember all the details, but. Mm The guy just would not change. He would not change. And he always walked around with this cocky ass attitude. I'm like, you just got your ass whooped. Yeah, you can't. Your attitude can't be high. You're riding high, man. Yeah, your attitude. You can't just throw your attitude in there and say, hey, get him. He's walking around the gym. He's flexing. He's got his shirt off. I was like, man, I just, I fucking gut out and everything. I just kicked your ass. Now, now, was this. (laughs) Now, another good question, because, you know, I don't, don't, you might not be familiar with Mm -hmm. this, but was this like a closed sparring situation? And for the listeners, you know, closed sparring. Like Mayweather closes his gym off, for example, you know, when he does sparring sessions. Mm-hmm. So only the immediate people are there. Was this like open gym, like anybody's there working out? Yeah, the, it was a little bit of that. I mean, it was pretty quiet in the gym. There's mm-hmm. only a few people. So it's just, it was a good time for. So more so people personal. that are regularly there. So like yeah, no newbies that, that, or anything. There was a couple people, but uh, not not too many. It, was, it wasn't a packed house or anything like right. that. But. Uh, yeah, it was it was a good time for us to get personal, and then you know I had that serious talk with my all right, like mm-hmm. you know where you're at. Now we got to go. Now we got to get you, you know, right. fight right. ready. So he was like, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it just we kept working and working and working. He just would not change mentally. You know, he just he just stayed right there, and I think that happens to a lot of guys in the in the pro levels too. They just mm-hmm. you know they they get they peak. And then they're just like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. They they don't have the mental capacity, the ability. To, well, yeah, cause they're just stuck in this the rut. You know, I I don't I don't because know what, what I was saying is that that when you you know I'm not a trained or anybody's not a trained boxer, but when I, it was my opinion that the training adds on to your natural ability. So mm-hmm. the trainer knows okay he does this well they do that well they do this well so yeah they're not there to change you they're just there to improve what you do already right Right. they don't want to change your style they don't you know it's nothing too dramatic Mm -hmm. it's just to improve your style that's what a good trainer does right you know they should be able to work with any style of boxing and be able to improve it Mm -hmm. right so what you already have naturally 
they not I guess not enhance but sharpen it up. Yeah, exactly. Make it make it more usable as a boxing technique. Mm. And so that's what I would think that you know if if the, if, if 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 I was Daniel and, I, and you whooped this ass, I'm like, come on, man, man, you gotta really consider not going, man. I'm sorry. Yeah, and you know, yeah, Daniel was frustrated. He was like, because <laughs> he was like, you know, this is part of the deal. He's got his head's too big. Right. You know, you know, Daniel, he was all oh, yeah. big head problems. Yeah. <laughs> he, he don't he don't pull no punches. He'll keep yeah. it real. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Big head problem. And then so, you know, he just wouldn't change. And I think that's what you have on a professional level as well. There's a lot of guys out there like, you know, everybody wants to be Floyd. Right. You know, and people watch Floyd. Floyd does does what he wants. He calls his own shots in his training right. and a lot of it's for T V and show as well. Right. Um and it's like he don't need no trainer. He don't need mm. a game plan. He, he, he don't watch tape. But he had to know that you he know, was talking shit. He just, you know, he so he, he a lot of people this, don't get that. He puts all this out there. Yeah. And it's you know, there might be a little truth to some of that and uh, Floyd does kind of operate at his, you know, own speed and. But he was damn near born just, with gloves on. He, he's at a completely father, uncle. He's yeah. at a completely Dad, different you know, level. Yeah, there. yeah. You know, he, 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 no he, one's Floyd. Yeah, right. you know? and that's watch, what people got to understand. Yeah, if you yeah. watch his earlier shit up to now, he's a completely different fighter. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Hundred percent. And so, he put in this time. Yeah, yeah. That's he can do that yeah, shit. Just, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I thought I'd do it now. And, you know, people people want to throw ten punches around and try to win a fight like Floyd does. Mm-hmm. You, you can't do it. Yeah, you know, and like people don't realize, you know, how much fucking skill it takes. Yeah, you only throw twenty punches, ten yeah. punches around, and fucking win it. Yeah, that be tired. That be it up. I mean, that just shows how much of uh, ring generalship and. Yeah. IQ and skill it, it takes. Well, then they think, too, I mean, a lot of people forget that he was Pretty Boy Floyd before he was Money Mayweather. Yep. And Pretty Boy Floyd was tagging people's asses. Yeah. Yeah, he was in the pocket, man. Yeah. He was, he's a hell of a fighter. People, yeah. get, people who don't have, who haven't been watching boxing the, the whole time up to up to Floyd, mm. even watching his dad and his, bro, and his uncle yep. fight, should know that if he's got any of those two in him, he's carrying what that they did on yeah. forward. Because yeah. he's a he he started off zinging mo. He started off like a, a sweet Pete Whitaker. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, he's got a lot of. I mean, or just, or second to none. Uh, 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 your boy second to none. What was his real name? Uh, Michael Nunn. Uh, or what's was his it name? Michael Nunn. Mm-hmm. He's he's on that that line. I can think of his name. Mm-hmm. He's on that that quick or or uh yeah. or what's his name? Um, uh. It's a commentary. It's a commentary. Uh, Roy? Roy, Roy, Roy is prime. Yeah, he's, oh, yeah, he's along that line. I mean, those are some badass dudes. Man, my first, my favorite fight as a kid that really got me into boxing was when Roy tore Vinny Pazienza. <laughs> <laughs> he tore his fucking ass up. And Vinny that Pazienza, last Vinny combination. Was a fighter, yeah, yeah, Vinny, Vinny was, was a good fighter. Dude. Yeah. Came yeah. back After that car accident. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Vinny's a tough guy, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that guy was crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so, what made you stop fighting? What what made you be like, man? Basically I'm not gonna a do kid. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So when I was down in California boxing, I was I left wild card. I had an opportunity. It's kind of a long story, but I ended up at this uh, movie premiere in Hollywood. It was like a closed door mm-hmm. movie premiere at the mm-hmm. at the Chinese theater mm-hmm. and. 
I somehow got snuck into this after party. <laughs> Here we go. Now it gets Eddie good. Here, Eddie. Yep. <laughs> Eddie B. Eddie B in the house, you know. So, yeah, yeah. Well, so I was wearing a tracksuit because I heard at the gym that this movie premiered. It was the movie of the fighter. Christian oh, Bale, Mark Christian Wahlberg. Bale, Wahlberg. Yeah, so great was, movie by the way. I was in I was in California training during that time, and Paulie Malnagi was there at the gym earlier that day. Oh yeah, they got the movie premiere. I got the Rolls Royce. Uh, Paulie's a cool motherfucker. Ain't he? Hey, shout out to Paulie Malnagi. I gotta shout out Paulie because let me yeah. tell you, I, I've seen Paulie in Vegas multiple times, and it went up to Paulie. Got pictures with Paulie. I, I was a uh, me and the wifey was going through the casino mm-hmm. and you know you can't take pictures in the gambling area at all. They're strict mm-hmm. on that shit. Yeah. And I got a picture of me and Polly. I was like, Polly, what up, man? He's like, what's up, baby? And he got up from the table. He's <laughs> yeah. like, come on, man. So we went ahead and took a picture. I'll show you to you. Uh-huh. I, I think I got it still physical. Uh-huh. But yeah, we took a picture in the gambling area. She's like, man, you good. You good. Don't worry about it, man. We over here just, I'm over here just gambling and shit. Uh-huh. And then I saw him again, uh, my Donna too. Okay. Because me and my homeboys, we did a, a guys weekend in Vegas and we did a closed circuit at Luxor Excalibur. One of the two. I don't, no, no, I think it was Mandalay Bay. Yeah, it was Mandalay Bay. So uh, we saw him the night before because Ishay Smith was fighting okay. at the Hard Rock. And Alex Ariza and all them were there. Roger was there and we got to go VIP and all that. But yeah, Polly just... Polly's one of them dudes you can literally stop him and chop it up with him. Oh, yeah. He'll talk fucking boxing. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, super cool guy, down to earth, really friendly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's a the guy's a badass boxer. Yeah. yeah he's a talented yeah. boxer. He's you know, he's he, the best commentator now to me. A hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred percent. He that guy can talk fucking boxing yeah. and break down a fight. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I remember he he was talking so mean like his uh kind of you know, best friend, you know, that he had down there helping him out and shit. Me and that guy, we we were hanging out and they were like, Oh yeah, we're going to the we're going to the premiere and this and that. So I was like, Huh, it's just kinda of like <laughs> <laughs> Maybe yeah. tonight I'll kinda of strut around on yeah. down there. Yeah. So I go kinda of walking down there and they got the streets blocked off, they got mm-hmm. the red carpet, they got all the guys in the black suits and the earpieces and they I mean it's a it's a Hollywood event, you know? Yeah. So I go up to, I'm walking up to the deal and one of the security guys stops me. Mm-hmm. Like, this is like a half a block away. From, <laughs> they got the whole block <laughs> shut off. Uh-huh. And I was like, I was like, oh, fuck. Uh, I ain't gonna make I, it in the gotta, door. I gotta think of something. Cool. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So I tell him I'm with Everlast Boxing because mm-hmm. I had an Everlast tracksuit on. Mm-hmm. Good one, good one, like, yeah. I was yeah. like, oh, I'm with Everlast Boxing and I dropped Polly's name. Probably <laughs> <laughs> don't know this either. Yeah, yeah. But uh so I dropped his name on my wall with Everlast Box and I got some tickets under Paul and Malaji. Mm-hmm. And they were like, he radios it in, they're like, Alright, come this way. I was like, My driver dropped me off at the wrong place. I was a fucking idiot, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. So he's like he's like, Alright man, yeah, come this way. So they lead me up and I get behind like the red carpet. Oh, and I get shit. to like the ticket area. Mm-hmm. Like, so all the celebrities, they come down the red carpet, and if you have tickets, like, at Will Carl or whatever, mm-hmm. if you ain't, like, a, you know, 
a celebrity or whatever, you know, right. you know that D celebrity walking, you gotta, you gotta go, you gotta go over to the peasant, yeah. Yeah. the peasant yeah. desk, <laughs> yeah. check in, you know. Yeah. Um, so they uh, they take me over there, but like I'm already behind the scenes, and I go and I'm like, yeah, my name's the, you know, I got tickets under here from Polly Malnaji. They're like, okay, we see Polly's name. Um, it's still early. They probably haven't brought him out yet. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. She's like, just stand over here. Mm-hmm. So I'm standing over there and I'm like, well, fuck, I'm already past everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm all looking around and I'm like, man. I mean, they had two security guys right there at the door, but mm-hmm. I was like, I'm already back here. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a fucking celebrity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, act like it. I yeah. walked my ass right into that place. Yeah. So I did. And I waited for everybody to sit down. That way, nobody mm-hmm. told me to get out of their seat. Mm hmm. And they had a bunch of free shit, popcorn and all that candy and all that stuff. So I, I hit up some of that. And after the movie, there was uh, paparazzi everywhere trying to get to Christian Bale. Mm-hmm. And Christian Bale and his team, he played Dickie Eklund in the movie. Mm-hmm. So they were all wearing tracksuit that said Team Eklund on it. Mm-hmm. And I was over there. I was just kind of like following the crowd, you know? <laughs> and I was just like, oh man, Christian Bale, and Dickie Eklund was there with him. Uh-huh. So I was kind of getting up there and I was going to try to get a picture. And his security guards thought I was with his crew because we were all kind of wearing the similar, same. <laughs> similar shit. So I got grabbed. At first when I got grabbed, I thought I was about to, you know, have to start mm. throwing that. Like, this mm-hmm. motherfucker was strong arming me. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he was like, come on, let's go. And we start going through like these doors. We go up to these stairs. We're oh, in an shit. elevator and shit. We go to the top floor of this place, right next to the theater. Mm-hmm. And it's a big, beautiful spread. They got you know beautiful bar. All these people dressed up and stuff. It's it's a Hollywood after party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, Christian Bale's there. Mark Wahlberg, you know. Mm-hmm. And I saw Polly up there, and I you know I bullshit with him for a little bit. And they were like, oh, how'd you get in? Man, yeah, I was like, I got swept <laughs> <laughs> You know, I said, let's go. And I, I got a guy. <laughs> yeah. but there was a whole nother crazy scenario that happened. Uh, what was her name? Ronnie Chasen or something like that. She was a Hollywood publicist. She got shot and killed. The guy that shot and killed her was my neighbor at my apartment. Building. Damn. Wow. Was he stalking her? No, he was just a fucking wacko, dude. Damn. Wow. She cut him off. She oh. was like, she cut him off on his bike. He pulled out a gun, just fucking shot her a couple of times, r- rode on his merry way. Damn. And so he was police, on that Hollywood shit for real. Damn. So police came to arrest his ass. He sh- killed himself in the lobby, pulled out a gun, and killed himself in the, in the lobby. So when all that went down, the, I mean, there was police fucking mm-hmm. everywhere. They all blocked shut mm-hmm. off. Mm-hmm. So this is a couple days before that uh, mm-hmm. movie premiere. And I was talking to some people outside to like ABC and the news people. Mm-hmm. And they were like, man, if we could really get in, man. Like, if we could get into this place. Do you know like a way in? I'm like, mm-hmm. shit, I'll fucking get in. <laughs> so I yeah. sneak in through the alley and going through the back. And there had a door, a window. Mm-hmm. A little window in one of the doors. They had it all closed off, but it showed in the lobby. I snapped a shitty picture off my iPhone and got a picture of the crime scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I ended up selling that thing 
like for a total of like thirty five hundred bucks. Oh like yeah, they bought that shit in Hollywood. You know, like one the first yeah. guy gave me like a thousand. Yeah. Um, you know, next guy gave me like eight hundred, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you get five hundred here, three whatever. Mm-hmm. So I ended up getting like thirty five hundred bucks for this picture. And then one of the guys from uh, CBS invited me down to the studios just to have a tour, you know, hey, thanks, you're a cool guy, mm-hmm. we'll give you a little tour, take you behind the scenes, mm-hmm. uh, I was like, okay, so I told Polly and shit that it was from that, <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, those guys, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> I don't want to tell about fucking mooching out there. Yeah, 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 I like that. So, yeah, we get in there and I meet Sergio Martinez mm-hmm. and I meet Sergio's manager and, you know, whatever, we get to bullshit and then Sergio... He, could, he can't speak a lot of English, but his yeah. manager, you know, can. So mm-hmm. they were like, you know what? How about this? You got any talent? You know, you come up to our gym, you train for a week. If you got any talent, we'll tell you to stay. If not, you go on your way. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. And they set me up with a little place to stay. So I go in there and I train. And I sparred Victor Kyle. On my first day there, I sparred mm-hmm. Victor Kyle. Okay. So Victor, if people don't know who Victor Kyle is, he's he's been a top 10 welterweight. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's fought... Uh, Lamont Peterson, Madonna. He's. I mean, I think he's held some of the junior belts and things like that. Wow. Um, So yeah, he's a top Mm ten, real tough slick guy. So me and him had a really competitive sparring match. Um, So they're like, okay, and so they kind of brought me in. I was able to, you know, just train, work as a sparring partner, help get these guys ready for their fights and but stuff. But you can get stuck doing that too, though, huh? Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, they because because a lot of times you know when they work get like for bigger fights they pay the sparring partners. Yeah. Yeah. So I was kind of I had like a a trade deal, you know. Mm-hmm. It was like all right, get put you in this hotel, you train for free, mm-hmm. you know, um, but you work as like a sparring partner, help mm-hmm. get these right. guys ready for these big fights. Because mm-hmm. he was getting ready to fight Lamont Peterson. Mm-hmm. It was during that time, mm-hmm. and then the winner mm-hmm. of that would go fight Amir Khan. Oh, that was a title okay. eliminator. Oh yeah, that's the one that Peterson ended up winning, right? Yep. Yeah, the fight Khan. Yeah. Um. So we, you know, I was down there working with all that and during that time. Uh, my girlfriend at the time ended up getting pregnant, mm-hmm. and so it was like, you know, can't go, can't live out here. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. like being California and box or go handle my business back in Alaska and be right. dead. And my plan was to like go back, all right, get things situated, and you know, um. You know, had the baby, things like that, and then come back to boxing. Mm. You know, I kept in touch with the trainer and manager and things like that, and the plan was to always go back. But, you know, life just kind of takes over. Yeah. Oh, yeah, You got bills to pay, and you got to... That gets further and further. You got a baby to feed. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and I was... Looking at her, talking about daddy be back in a couple months. Yeah, and, you know, it was just... It just ended up never working out. And, you know, and I fought a couple of more, like, local fights. And, um, you know, but it's just not as rewarding Yeah. to fight up here. Well, no, you were almost there. Yeah, yeah. no, I mean, I was... I mean, you, you know, were almost there means that you were, you yeah, were graduating, going up maybe yeah. to... Right. Yeah, no, and I was training to get my pro debut. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, even when I was at Freddy's, they, they set me up with this guy. He owns Standing 8 Count Productions. Mm-hmm. And uh, Pep kind of set me up with them, and they were like, all right. And Pep was training me. He's like, all right, I'll train you. And 
got this guy helping out and this guy would be your manager and you know mm. when, when you're ready we're thinking this date you know a couple months out we'll get mm. you sharpened up you know and then I met Sergio and then they invited me to the gym I was like well it's kind of like once in a lifetime opportunity <laughs> yeah go yeah. well, from there Sergio, then, Sergio was popping yeah, no because he was he yeah. was at his at his yeah. prime you know yeah. he was middleweight champ of the world so it was mm. like well I guess I gotta go give it a shot <laughs> yeah so I drove my ass up to Oxnard and that's you know that's what happened and I always meant to come back to it you know I miss it but I'm too old now I'm 30 so yeah I mean you know people are like well 30 that's young but as far as a boxing career well if you you have a you have to be I mean I mean I don't know I don't know I mean you got lucky at, not lucky but you got the uh, what's the older guy I forget his name the brother who fought um forehead no. that singles it out. In oh. boxing, not everywhere. In the oh, world. uh, with the fought Sergio Paul Williams. No, they they fought, fought at the older age. Oh, Hopkins. Hopkins. Be Oh, yeah. You know, but that's a freak of nature. Freak of nature. Great yeah. genetics. That guy don't drink. Yeah, he don't he drink. Don't smoke. Yeah. <laughs> he take care yeah. of himself. But he got the, he got his ass whooped eventually. He stayed a little bit too long. Yeah, yeah. but but um, he didn't get whooped whooped to where he no. ain't got his. Well, what I'm saying is. To where he doesn't have his faculties now. Well, you know, he got whoop whoop to be embarrassed. <laughs> all yeah. out the ring, When he oh. fell out the ring, he turned into the Bernard Hopkins that I had never even. I'll put it I this way. I to talk about it. I'll put it this way. He could play with his grandchildren. I'll make it like okay, that. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Then he got his ass whooped. Hey, what happened to the guy that beat him? Fucking Joe or whatever. I don't know. Uh, what was what the fuck was that dude's name? Well, he, he just a construction worker or something like that. I don't remember what happened to him. Man, he not he had Bernard he off the top I, of my head. He had Bernard in the photo section. <laughs> yeah, on, he, on, on, that was, you know, he that had that Bernard was hanging out with the people commentators on the side down on the uh, floor. Bing Bing. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't swing up. Yeah. He didn't slam through the road. Bam, bam. He didn't hit his head. Yeah. Oh, man. He, he don't know what happened. He just went yeah. up outside the rings. I'm telling you. Bernard stayed in too long. So now you do. What time we at? Uh, 1.13. See, look, I told you. Y'all got to trust me, baby. See, look, we over an hour already. The whole thing is just boxing. I told you, baby. I This is what we do. You know. I didn't cut the shit off. I, so, uh, so how did you get into the whole? What is the mush thing now? Because I check you out on Instagram. Yeah, you know, social media. You doing your thing? What is that now? So, yes, yeah, I know was, nothing about dog sledding or anything. So I've like been that. running dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, how it started was, so you know, you guys remember Kelsey? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Steve, mm-hmm. sketchy Steve. Kelsey goes by Bob Dover. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, we, you know, I don't know if you guys remember, but we used to bet on the I Did Run. We used oh. to do like a draft. Mm-hmm. We'd like do, you know, a three round draft. You draft a musher, you got a bunch of people, you're throwing some money, mm-hmm. you know, winner takes all, that kind of deal. Mm-hmm. And so it got really competitive. I mean, like, one year, I ended up buying a plane ticket to Italy. You know, like, oh, wow. that's how much money I won. Wow. So we're like, let's go to the motherfucking banquet, mm-hmm. and let's go talk to these guys. Let's get some little inside scoop. Let's start brushing shoulders mm-hmm. with these people. So, you know, after going, you know, we go, and we get drunk, and we talk shit, and we make friends with these people, and they're all like, who the fuck are you guys? You know? <laughs> right. And uh, 
So we started doing that. We made some friends. And we were sitting at this table all the way in the back in the corner by the bathroom. Um, and it, all the tables are numbered. We were table 200. So people would be like, who, who are you guys? Because we come up asking all these questions or talking shit. And they'd be like, who are you guys? We just thought, oh, we're table 200. Mm-hmm. And we just started owning it, you know. We're like, fuck it's this. All you know? right. Yeah, this is the best table in the house, baby. Mm-hmm. And so we just, year after year, it kind of grew. And, you know, so I started up a, uh, a Facebook page and an Instagram page, Table 200, Mushing Insider. And so we do like race updates, stuff like that for the Iditarod, other sled dog. What's, now, what's a race update? So like the idea you gotta ride, you're gonna have to break it down to me. Right, I don't so know like, about dough, but I don't so know like shit. So like the idea ride, that, that's an eight to nine day race. Mm-hmm. So and there and that starts where it, there's a ceremonial start in Anchorage, mm-hmm. March seventh, coming up here, and then uh, then there's a restart the following day in Willow, mm-hmm. and then it's a thousand miles. So Willow's the real start. Yeah. Okay. And then it's a thousand miles to Nome from there. And then there's... So wait a minute. When they do the ceremonial start in Anchorage, what do they just run down the fucking street? So they run down the street. There's a little trail that goes all the way over. Uh-huh. It's like an 11 mile trail to Campbell Airstrip. Okay. Um, and then, uh, they, and it's a cool little party too. You got people, Fourth Avenue's packed downtown. Mm-hmm. Then you got, it's called Trailgate. You got a bunch of people playing music and drinking and partying. It's a good time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so yeah, during the race, during this eight-day period, there's uh, a lot of checkpoints along the way, um, and so as they progress through the checkpoints and down the trail, we give updates: who's in the lead, who's falling off, who's all I did a ride. Yeah, all I did a ride. So and then we, we do you other go races. personally on this I did a ride? Um, I have like not personally down the trail, but we go to Nome, we go to the start in Anchorage Willow. And then uh, the finish in Nome as well. Uh, and then I'll go to some other races and some other checkpoints. And we do some like more mid-distance, local mm. type stuff. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of progressed. And I mean, it organically grew into, I mean, to where we're pretty well known, like I guess within the mushing community. Right. You know, like, so it, it's cool. They've been fooling me all these years. They've been thought, fooling me I too. I right was the start of the shit downtown. Exactly. That's crazy. That's why I said I don't know shit. I don't know shit either. So they just run off the trail and go somewhere and kick it, and then they yeah, just... <laughs> and then move to Willow and then really start yeah, the shit. I thought they was gone. Yeah. Damn. Nope. Yeah. Pack the dogs up. Boom. Driving to Willow next That's day. That's crazy. Next day they unload the dogs. Then they start. Boom. Then they start. And they head down crazy. the trail. I thought they was gone. So you're pretty much just following the race through social media. Basically, um, so there's GPS trackers on every musher. Mm-hmm. So through Iditarod, you can uh, subscribe and get a tracker and all that. And that's how we keep track of who's doing what. Oh, and then right. we, we do like our own little write-ups and stuff like that. And we've got a couple thousand like follower fan base you know, on Facebook. And, um, so, yeah, people follow along and keep them updated. Make it entertaining, you know. So yeah, it's just like a little news media thing. Yeah, I was about to say I'm gonna have to start checking that out then, because I know when I look at the regular news, they just say such and such is in the lead, and then not till it warms up. Just just to say no, no call, no show. He come on down here, no. 
Uh, man, well, you're down the street too. I know. I'm not going hop and skip to the well, the ceremonial. No, I'm not going because <laughs> because they fooled you. <laughs> no, because I'm always fucking with him. He trying to drag me to some award bullshit show and, or some other show. He, I remember hearing about it, that. Yeah, he'll, yeah. He, he come back. You right though. That was some bullshit. I, said, I told you. <laughs> so I'm just fucking. With yeah. Him. Uh, yeah. He'll promote some shit, man. Dude, we gotta go down here. Nah, I ain't going. Man, we're the promoters, man. We got to go. Damn. Yeah. 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 That's why I'm fucking with them. No, I ain't going. I like that, though. So, yeah, I'm going to have to check That's that cool. shit out. And it's it's all through social media. Yeah. Yeah, Facebook. And then Instagram, like, I'll post my own personal whatever uh, training videos and shit where I'm running dogs. Because mm-hmm. um, I was training for a race. Now, whose dogs are those that you run? Uh, they're... So I was running this guy's dogs. That we kind of had a little bit of a, a falling out, I guess. Mm. You know, all I gotta say is people are shitty. You know, so yeah. <laughs> maybe um, maybe you were running them dogs too good, man. Yeah, but I, you're maybe. giving them dogs hype because I used to see some of the videos like Eddie's out here running these motherfucking dogs. <laughs> he looks like he's out in the wilderness. So I'm not going to look for him. Yeah, you know, no, but, yeah. Dot, the the team was doing great. We were training for a race. I was. Extremely uh, excited about it. I was pumped up, man. Um, I was going to do the Yukon Quest 300. That was just a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but shortly before the race, you know, the owner of the dogs pulled the plug on that. Kind of out of nowhere. Um, so, yeah, it was... I was pissed. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Is it, yeah. Is it expensive to have to breed? Yeah, to no, it is. Cows and feed them, train them. There is. There's a lot of money that goes into it. There's a lot of time. Yeah. You know, I, was, I, I, I sacrificed a lot. You know, I was going out there to Willow, you know, um, what, three days a week. Wow. You know, spending, spending my weekends out there away from the kid, all that. You know, That's just a lot training, of time. running. Yeah. Yeah. We're, you know, it ain't glamorous either. We're, we, we go, let's say we do a 40, 60 mile run, boom, we'll pull into this little, uh, we built a little cabin, uh, put it up on this kind of vacant land, you know, and uh, that the guy actually owned, but it was, uh, so we cleared it, whatever, put this little cabin, we use it as a checkpoint, you mm-hmm. know, bed the dogs down, it's got no insulation or heat in there, but we go in there, it's like 20 below, Dang. you know, we just chill out for a couple hours, mm-hmm. boom, hook up, go run again, you know, we just keep doing this for a couple of days, just to get the miles, uh, get the dogs to bed down, get them used to camping, it's just mm-hmm. great training, you know, simulating a race, Right. so, I mean, basically doing this from fall, from uh, late August, early September, you know, we started. And you start off doing like five mile runs and then you, you build up from there. So all the way up mm. until January I was doing this and then, you know, got pull got pulled and uh, but I had some new opportunities come my way. And so so you had to like feed the dogs and all that. Yeah. So what do you think about I don't know if you're familiar with it, but there was a story that came out it's February now, was it Fall last year, maybe the beginning of winter, I think about a guy in Wasilla who I guess, I don't know if he got charged for mal malnourishment of the dogs or whatever. I don't know if you're familiar with that. I don't know, yeah. Hey, I, I, know, I know Channel 2 was talking about it. I can't think of the guy's name, but I guess they had went to his area or whatever and found that the dogs weren't being taken care of and stuff like that. I forgot the dude's name. I mean, you know... There's bad apples and 
yeah. all walks of life, you know? But I got to say, from my experience, especially at a professional level, I mean, these guys take great care of their dogs. Right. You know, a dog can't run a thousand miles in eight, nine days if they ain't loved and if they ain't fed and they ain't taken care of and being properly, right. you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, they get top-notch care from diet. You know, they're eating the best best kibble, high-end meats, mm-hmm. fish. They eat better than humans, you know. Mm-hmm. They're getting cared for all the time. Massages, mm-hmm. this, that. Um, they're athletes, you know. Yeah. So you take any other athlete, if they're not getting top-notch care, mm-hmm. they ain't going to perform. Especially yeah. running that long. Yeah. And, and if, you, if you don't build that bond and trust with them, they ain't going to want to do shit for you. Yeah. So I think the... You know, the, the crazy animal rights activists and things like that, these certain organizations out there, um, they're extremists, they're mm. misinformed, they're, you know, yeah. know, those people are wackos, man. So when, this is just an out-of-the-ballpark question, so when, like, the dogs are running in the eight and nine days, like, how do they handle, like, if a dog gets injured in that case? And how do they handle, like, as far as frostbite and stuff like that with the dogs do they wear like mitts and stuff so one the the if a dog does get injured you know let's say it gets a sore shoulder or wrist, right that's like really common mm-hmm. uh they're they're they call them they call them return dogs is now kind of the term they use um so there's checkpoints all along the way Mm-hmm. So if mate, let's say you see you're on a run to your next checkpoint, you see a dog limping. Okay, boom, we'll, we'll take that dog, we'll put it in the sled. Right. Let him rest. We'll ride him all the way to the next checkpoint. There's vets. There's veterinarians at at every checkpoint. They right. assess the dogs and check them out. And you know maybe it was just something really minor. Maybe it was something a little more serious. So they'll be like, okay, we'll you know we'll take. We'll take this dog, we'll drop it out of the race. Right. And we'll make sure it gets the proper care and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then eventually they're returned back to their to their home. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then as far as like frostbite or dogs being cold, things like that, they, those dogs are comfortable at, you know, 40 below t- temps. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have a double fur coat. They're, they're not your house dog. I mean, right. They, right. These dogs are... Oh, I'd put Doug... Doug will be a fucking dog cube if I put his ass out there. Yeah. <laughs> run, motherfucker, run, Doug. Follow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, these are a whole nother breed of dogs. And that's the other thing, you know. They, this, this is... This stuff's in their blood. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to train these dogs to pull... Right, because that's how they got around long yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's what they It's hundreds of years yeah. of, yeah. of, of breeding. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, this is, they use these dogs back for transportation, trap lines, things like that, and then evolved into, like, you know, kind of showcasing, like, hey, we got these amazing dogs. Right. Like, look at what they can do. So then they started having these local races and things like that throughout the villages and around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, as far as dogs being cold and things like that, this is, they were designed for these, for these tents. This is, well, because that's, that's what they lived in. You, you bring a, a sled dog in the home, I oh, fuck, they're miserable, man. They're, yeah. they're, they're scratching at the door <laughs> yeah. to get out, you know? Yeah. Uh, you let them loose, they go straight to their house, mm. you know? People are like, oh, they're, they're tethered, they're chained up, you know? Mm. Um, 
that's their safe place. That's where they want to be. That's where they want to hang. And then they get ran every day, exercise, affection, love, fed, all that. So, yeah. Um, Shoot. Yeah, man. That's dog motion. So, all right. Doshis, you got anything? Uh, what time we have, baby? Uh, 127. You got any other questions? No. Eddie has given us, I think, our best interview. I have to say so, too. You have to say so, too? Well, shit, I'm the only one. Uh, well, <laughs> well, we had Ken Dog, but, you know, yeah. what I've learned throughout this uh, this uh, interview is you're, you're a great storyteller, man. Shit. I think so. <laughs> you, you, you build, too. you know how to build the... Uh, you build the story before Gassing you... Gassing me up, man. You know, <laughs> being for real. Well, I appreciate easy. it. You know. It's not no, easy you, doing that. That's, that's one thing I've always liked about your guys' deal. And, you know, and it got mentioned in that Anchorage Press article, you know. Mm-hmm. You know it's just kind of a raw, mm-hmm. uncut show. Mm-hmm. Right. And it it takes a lot of talent just to come in here and fucking talk. You know, yeah. you guys. Y'all motherfuckers is concerned. Y'all was like, uh, we don't got no questions. I said, no, baby, we go shoot from the hip. Yeah, well, that's what we usually do anyway. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I just didn't think the topic of, I mean, I just, in my mind, I thought only talking about Wilder and Fury, that was like... Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I already knew with, with oh, you know, okay. Eddie's background. I said, oh, yeah, I don't... I'm not putting no fucking questions down for this. I can shoot from the hip with this. But yeah, that's why I like you guys' show. And uh, I listen, you know, I listen damn near every week. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you guys... Appreciate that. You guys, uh, you know, yeah, like I said in that article, you know, you guys shoot from the hip. It's Mm -hmm. all kind of raw, uncut. And that takes a lot of talent, you know, just coming here... You have like maybe a couple ideas. Like Wait, yeah, I always think I do, but then and then yeah. you turn it into an entire episode. Yeah, you know, and then make it entertaining on top of that, mm-hmm. and it, you know, um, filled with information. And so, I yeah, you I'm filled fan, us man. with information. Yeah, you this probably week. got the most information in any show that we've had. I wanted to do this Besides episode this fight week. The reason I wanted to do it, especially this week, I was going to do it whether you were able to make it. I was going to have you do it by phone or whatever, was because, you know, I know your boxing background. Mm-hmm. So with being fight week, it's like, who better to ask? Well, that's good because then, some of the questions that I had giving my opinion about boxing, you answered for me. Right. So even though I'm not a boxer, I, I felt I was kind of similar in the assessment of the fight and right. the fighter. I just wanted to know the specific questions that I asked that I had in our minds when I was talking about mm-hmm. could a fighter change at that time? Because I was thinking there was some sort of well, there is resistance, I guess, the fighter and the trainer from if they're successful of changing the winning mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. formula. But you know, if you're fighting a dude, if you if you got a rematch with a dude, I think that would be important because you know, you if you didn't win, especially when you're match like him, Tyson, like Fury and Wilder, when you got that shit going on between them, he's doing a haymaker, he's doing this other, they're yeah. both doing specialty things, and it doesn't. Bring them together as a in a match. It keeps right. them, you know. <laughs> yeah. he's, right. he's, he's ducking. Whew, he's ducking. You know. Right. He, you know. He punches him, but he. If if I guess if like I was saying uh, a couple of episodes ago, like he agreed. I guess kind of if Tyson hadn't got if Fury hadn't got knocked down, he probably would have won the fight. Yeah, 100%. on points. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. So that's you know if he in his mind well hell if I don't get knocked down I keep I yeah. keep moving around on him. yeah he, he might, he's just got to come in and do the same shit he did yeah, in the first fight yeah. he took his best punch he, not he got up he took control 
you know, once again in that final round after getting his ass knocked down. Um, so it's like it, Tyson Fury, I think, is walking in a fight feeling extremely comfortable. Yeah. yeah. Wilder's the one that has the work cut out for him. I yeah. mean, he has to come up with an actual game plan. Okay, throwing haymakers ain't going to work on this guy. He's a little too slick. He's a little too smart. Yeah. You know, he, he's got great footwork, good timing, things like that. So but, I mean, but even if he even if he thought that, I think he could still possibly think that, but I'm going to catch this motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> I think he's thinking that. I, I really that hope I he comes in like jabbing and boxing and setting mm-hmm. shit up and going the body a little more. Yeah, um, cutting him off when he's cornering yeah, him off when he's cutting the ring off. I mean, and he's got such. I mean, they're both physically like superhuman. You know, I mean, they're mm-hmm. six seven, six nine. What what's Fury two fifty or something? Uh, I mean. I think he said he's coming in two seventy. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a lot of man right there. Yeah, you know? that's a big motherfucker. Especially if he <laughs> got them Viking jeans. Especially yeah. if he's smart and ties Wilder up and leans on him with that weight. That's gonna take a lo- some steam Wilder's out of those punches. Wilder's really light. Yeah, he's he is. a very lean, lean fighter. So, yeah, uh, he's very long though. He's got great reach. He's more he's more muscle up top than yeah. leg wise. He got the little chicken legs. Yeah. Like, like the hitman hurts. But yeah. for some reason, the guy can. But yeah. I don't know where the fuck that power be coming from. Yeah. <laughs> hurts, had, hurts had power. His, he was on two bean poles. Mm. Yep. All he right. Fuck your ass up. All right. So we about to wrap it up. But yeah. before that, what? It's prediction time. Uh, I don't. Even, I can't even. I don't think. So. I don't know. You can't I, call it. It's I, very I mean, tough. It have to be if some. For me to call it, it have to be if somebody else didn't do something. Or if if they do the same, if the same things happen, it's go. I'll say what I said last time. If the same exact things happen, it's going to be another tie. That's yep. all I'm saying. I mean, I give the edge to to Fury just because he's the better boxer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but obviously, Wilder's got that punch. Right? <laughs> he gets. I it. mean, he that that knockout is it, it's there. Um, it's his for the taking. The guy hits. If like you don't have a prediction, train. Eddie, I'll accept that because I'm so 50-50 on this. But yeah, I, I'll, I'll just go with Fury. You know, that's my prediction. I, I, mean, think, that's, I think he'll win by points because mm-hmm. um, he shows he can take a punch. He shows he can mm-hmm. get up, and he shows he can outbox him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the guy's got heart. He's got the, I think, the, the mental ability there as well, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, But I, I hope Lauder can, can, you know. Yeah, get a win. The It'd American cool. in me wants him to win, but the pure boxer in me says Tyson on points. Well, if if like I slightly said, like like I'm fifty, but it's the slight meter <laughs> over I mean, you just, on Tyson Fury. I mean, it's worth watching, you know. But oh, if, definitely. If, oh, yeah. If if the same if if Tyson if Fury gets knocked down, he gets back up in. And Waller doesn't do anything more than he did last time after he gets up, then it's going to be the I same think if, if Wilder knocks Fury down, I think he's going to try to close the show. He can't, And though. And if Fury is able to I move around, then Wilder's going to gas time. himself out. So Wilder, if yeah, he, he gets tried. a knockdown... If he, he gets a knockdown, Wilder needs to just relax. He gets all excited, you know? Yeah. And he gets even wilder. Yeah! Yeah. The punches get wilder. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, 
Man, throw a fucking punch. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. If I, if, if I was his trainer, I'd be like, we're only throwing a jab, straight right hand. That's body jab, straight right yeah. hand. That's all we're fucking doing. Yeah. You, you ain't you throwing jab, one even, fucking hook. Yeah, if you, if you, if you, if you, if he's stunned, throw that jab first and then whoo. Hit him in the body or something. Damn, yeah. whoo. Don't just keep whoo, whoo, yeah. whoo. He hit the ball side of the head. Whoo, they spin around. Whoo, he just like yep. Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury's like, oh, this motherfucker trying to knock me out. Let me jump. Let me do yeah. my thing. Whoo. And then he's they, 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 they expending so much energy doing nothing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. His stamina does impress me, though. Who, Fury's? Uh, well, I mean, oh, Wilder's? Fury's got good stamina, but yeah, Wilder, I mean, to do yeah. that shit for 12 rounds, it actually is impressive. Mm. Uh, he doesn't really have a have a high, you know, percentage of uh, punches thrown. No. He, he doesn't throw a lot, but, mm. you know, when he does, I mean, that exerts a lot of energy. Yeah, just throwing yeah. Yeah. power. Yeah, and missing yeah. at that. Yeah, and missing. That's yeah. just exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right, so, uh, so Eddie... Plug whatever you want to plug. Shit, man. Nah, I just appreciate you guys having me on here. Yeah, if anybody is interested in uh, dog mushing, mm-hmm. Table 200, Mushing Insider. It's on Facebook, Instagram, and uh, yeah, that's about it, man. That's all right. Just to say, Eddie used to box with, box with my old knucklehead-ass son. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. Right. I wish uh, you had took his knucklehead-ass with you. Fuck, what, how, how's he doing? Man, Being a knucklehead? Man, I ain't want to miss Yeah, yeah. This motherfucker, Shit. man. What? This motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he's my baby. I love him, but this motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but man. Yeah. Episode 133. In the books. It's in the books, man. Yeah. Holla.